What is going on everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 54 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Thursday, July 29th. And I just got back from Hawaii. A great trip. Um, honestly, ton of fun. Highly, highly, highly suggest if you've never done Hawaii before um, to do Honolulu, to do uh, Waikiki, a big tourist town, a big, um, you know, just area full of people that are, uh, you know, on the same vibe as you, um, you know, wanting to explore and and possibly see, um, you know, the islands and what it all has to offer for you. So definitely a great time. Uh, so many different memories made. Uh, so many different excursions that were uh, that I was honestly really happy to be on. And I mean, couldn't have asked for a better person to be with uh, other than my girlfriend. I mean, it was just a great trip. Um, such a fun time. And like I said, highly suggest um, if you, um, you know, ever do have the opportunity to go to Hawaii, uh, just do it. It's a ton of fun. Um, it's definitely a different lifestyle and a, just a different environment than a lot of us are used to. Um, but still something that's, uh, you know, very unique to experience and, and just a ton of fun, really. And, you know, definitely gets to just be away and truly feel that and uh, just just honestly allow everything that you're stressing about, everything that you might, um, you know, be having on your minds. Um you know, to kind of just alleviate for the time and, uh, you know, able to kind of think about, um, you know, the more important things and, you know, not not get so caught up in, in these little things that, that happen to, you know, come up in our everyday day-to-day lives and kind of ruin uh, days, weeks, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I think when you're able to kind of decompress from everything and really get, get away, I think you kind of are able to reset, you know, push that reset button and really, um, reflect, really, um, you know, analyze where you're at. And I think that's exactly what I was able to do in Hawaii. And, um, in a, in a really, really, uh, good way, I, I think it's, uh, benefited me, uh, in my mental health, uh, for far, you know, and I, I understand that it's, you know, you can't just get on a plane tomorrow and go wherever you want. I understand, um, you know, that that type of thing takes planning and preparation. But, um, you know, if, if you do uh, want to go on that trip, I, I just highly suggest, you know, just start start saving for it, man. Start putting away. I, that's exactly, um, you know, the best way to do it. And I think that you'll never be able to really uh, push yourself to do it if, if you're not doing, you know, those little things of saving putting those, doing those little things of putting money away, um, you know, having, having that, uh, having that balance, having that, uh, discipline, um, in order to, excuse me, in order to, you know, do the things you want, you know, you can't always, uh, get everything you want, but with work, with time, um, you know, you'll be able to, uh, you know, you'll be able to do it and it's all it really takes sometimes you know some dedication some uh just some mental uh you know awareness of not being able to you know just do whatever you want or uh spend money on whatever you want but having that discipline uh to do so i I think you'll realize that there's a lot of a lot of things that are outside of your general area that uh you'll be able to experience and 
honestly be life-changing so that's enough about hawaii that's enough about my little spiel i hope you guys all are having a great wednesday i'm happy to be back um and without further ado let's get into this the padres of course were able to you know complete a four-game series with the marlins this past weekend uh they they were able to get the uh, games one and two on thursday and friday um able to take a 2-0 series lead able to uh, get some momentum going into these uh, saturday and sunday games and um, unfortunately, um, Saturday's game did not go as planned as uh, the Padres had to drop game three, uh, three to two. Um, this is a game uh, that they actually jumped out to a, a two nothing lead due to uh, a Tatis home run in the first inning, an absolute bomb. Um, and then uh, surprisingly, a Ryan Weathers solo shot uh, to deep center um, in the third inning. That's uh you know, just as surprising as anybody else who's home run on this team. But, yeah, Tatis, Weathers, home runs in the first and the third. Uh, able to put push the Padres to a 2 nothing lead. Um, but, um, you know, a, uh, an error uh, in the fifth by the Padres um, allowed Rojas to score. Um, and then a two-run seventh uh, pushed the uh, Miami Marlins lead 3-2. to two. Um, and the Padres were not able to recover and not able to score in innings four through nine. As, like I said, the Marlins able to take uh, game three of this series, three to two. Uh, but in the process, I know, like I said, Fernando Tatis did hit a home run in the first inning, uh, which pushed uh, his season now to a 30 home run, 20 set stolen base season. Um, in Padres history, Steve Finley did that in a hundred in, in his 160th game in 1996. Will Myers completed the 30 home run, 20 stolen base season in 2017 in his 155th game. Ryan Telesco in his 145th game in 2001, and now Fernando Tatis in his 82nd game of 2021 are the only four Padres to ever have 30 home runs, 20 stolen base seasons, uh, an accomplishment that, um, you know, is continued. I mean, the accomplishments are continued to make, to be made, uh, to look easy, um, by this man. Um, I mean, the fact that he did it in literally half of the time that the rest, those three other guys did, um, you know, speaks to the speaks to, you know, just exactly where he's at, just exactly, um, you know, where he, um, you know, knows he's at and exactly where he's continuing to prove to everybody that he's at. I mean, uh, the Fernando Tatis, uh, you know, hate I feel like has completely died down this season for a uh, very good reason. I know um, a little bit injury prone, a little bit of, um, you know, not being able to uh, play a full season yet, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the, whatever the, uh, rumors are, uh, this man, this kid continues, continues to show everybody why he is one of the best players in baseball, why he is, um, going to be here for a long time to come. And it is very, very exciting to watch. So congratulations for Nando Tatis, uh, on his first 30 home run, 20 stolen base season. Uh, but unfortunately the Padres not able to take game three of the Miami Marlins series, um, and they moved into game four, uh, hoping for a victory with their ace on the mound, Yu Darvish, um, hoping for a series series win, the uh, final uh, road game 
of the um, uh, roads. I mean, the final game of the uh, complete road trip. Uh, this ten-game road trip that has lasted, um, you know, since the All Star break, um, and it was seeming promising again. A uh, a nice second inning, but only able to uh, bring in one 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 batter in. As uh, Tommy Pham scored on an Eric Hosmer RBI single in the second. Um, and then the Marlins were able to tie it up in the bottom of the third uh, with a um, homer. And then Manny Machado able to lead the top of the fourth inning with another home run for himself. Uh, so now the game was then 2-1. Uh, to one. And then the Marlins uh, just could not stop scoring after this as they had one run in the fourth to tie it 2-2. Two to two. They had two runs in the fifth to make it four to two, and they had five runs in the sixth to make it nine to two, and then um, a Brian O'Grady home run in the ninth inning uh, pushed the game to nine to three, but still a very very slumping uh, offense um, in this one, and not the best outing for you, Darvish, as he was only able to go five innings, gave up five hits, four runs, four earns. Two home runs, did strike out six, and only did walk one, but still was only able to go um, five innings in this one. And uh, the Marlins, on the other hand, able to uh, have a nice bullpen day, able to use um, a total of seven pitchers, only only gave up five hits in the process. Like I said, three runs, uh, 11 strikeouts on the day. Only uh, in those three home runs, two of them. I mean, in those three runs, two of them were home runs. So, you know, they didn't allow the lawn ball to kill them as they were only, you know, they were two solo shots. Um, but, yeah, just a good bullpen day for the Marlins. The Padres simply not able to get anything going. And I think um, a huge reason why uh, had to do everything with the fact that out of the 17 calls that home plate umpire uh, dead Doug Eddings on the night uh, missed uh, after the game and after the game was really uh, looked at and, and um, you know, processed through the MLB. Uh, 15 of them, 15 of these missed calls at the home plate uh, went against the Padres. Um, Chase Tingler uh, said the Padres that uh, would put out a call to the league. Um, you could see the frustrations all over Tommy Pham when he struck out. Um you know, Skip uh, Schumacher uh, got ejected. Fernando Tatis had some words throughout this entire series, but especially on Sunday's game, um, it was it was just a, a really really shitty performance uh, by the ump, and uh, you know just another example of um, you know the ump show of um, you know these umpires uh, you know thinking that uh, these fans paid admission to see them call balls and strikes and. Uh, I mean, simply, simply, f just, just ridiculous. Honestly, um, you know, if if you really, I, I loved how Bally Sports, uh, you know, they have their their player of the game or plays of the game, um, and I love how they had the plays of the game um, where all the missed calls uh, that uh, Mr. Uh, Doug Eddings had at home plate. Um, I loved how you know they were throwing shade uh, at the just the, the pure awfulness of um of this game and how it was being called um 
because I mean, if you were watching this game, you you saw firsthand just how ridiculous it was getting, and um, I mean, it, it it just shows that you know how how are we supposed to make this you know as as much as as much as uh, you know the, the uh, consumer loves baseball, and I know these players love playing it. It's it's uh, you know with the technology with um, the way that you know sports in general and in all major fields have evolved throughout the years whether that be with replay whether that be with using new equipment new gear new you know new uh training methods uh you know is there a chance is there a possibility that you know maybe not this year maybe not next year but in the near future we we do see uh something or somehow you know it's it's changed to uh you know ensure that all these balls and strikes uh are being called uh correctly are um you know being called fairly because you know i i know that this is um you know this is a perfect example of how it was used against my team and of course you know i i can you know be looked at as complaining or whatever the case may be but i mean when there's 17 missed calls um, that are confirmed after the game and 15 of them just so happen to go against your team. I mean, how can you not be frustrated? Um, you know, I mean, in general, too, I know that 15 of the 17 did go against the Padres, but still seven. You're still talking about 17 total missed calls. You know what I mean? And I, I just don't really know, like, how you can be that fucking bad at your job when you're supposed to be the highest you know, official, you're supposed to be the, uh, you're supposed to be the lead home plate umpire in a major league baseball game. And you've got 17 fucking calls wrong. Like, I, I just don't really know how that's like, okay. You know what I mean? I don't know how that, I just feel like if, if we all went to our jobs and we, you know what I mean? Like we were, you know, whatever yelled at or told that we, we did 17 different things wrong on like a project or an assignment. Um, I, I just don't know how we keep our job at that point. You know what I mean? I, I just I, I just think it's ridiculous. Um, and I think, you know, if if uh, you know, if if it's it's just gonna continue to get out of hands if there's not anything that's really given to these umps to, you know, possibly get a better a better feel for what to call. Um, I know a lot of umpires, you know, um, you know, they're, they're up there. They're just, they're just calling what they see. I get that. And that's, that's literally what's so annoying is because like, how are you that fucking blind? But it's like, at the same time, when is there a point of like, okay, like this is literally the zone and this isn't the zone. So if it's not in the zone, it's a ball, regardless of what you think your zone is. I know every ump has their own zone and pitchers have to command the zone and whatever the case may be. But it's like, when a, when a, ball is clearly out the zone i feel like there has to be something that you know is created or given um in order for this game to be played at as equally as possible because when you when you have a game like this where there's already 17 missed calls in general you know what i mean and just so happen to be that 15 of them are against one team why the fuck would you like want to go up to bat why would you even want to deal with that you know what i mean it completely takes your mind out of the game it you know, doesn't allow you to, you know, really focus on the plate as much as if you knew, you know, the ump behind you was going to be giving you something. Of course, there's always going to be a missed call here and there in any sport. 
And, you know, sometimes it's in shitty situations, especially in baseball. You know, maybe it's that one inning that you've got a couple runners on board. Uh, you know, there are two outs, but it's a 3-2 count, and boom. You, it, it's a controversial – it's either a ball or a strike, and boom, it gets called a strike, and boom, you're going you're going back to the dugout. Or it's a walk, and the pitcher's frustrated. We saw that in the Giants-Dodgers game where, you know, they the, the Dodgers thought they struck him out with Kenley Jensen – um, and it ended up being a walk that led to the Giants taking the lead in the top of the ninth, and the Dodgers weren't able to uh, take the lead in the division. That happened last week, and now we're seeing, you know, another case of this. You know, another case of how it can be interpreted the other way, and what happens. And it, it, it's just how can we make the game as fair and as equal as possible? You know what I mean? And you know, it's I know people are are against the whole robot umps or whatever that case. You know, whatever whatever it could be uh, in regards to uh, making it even or equal um, on the playing field, but it's like, what else? What else can there be, really? That baseball is such a unique sport in that way. Of you know, that's like the only thing that you really need to to get right as an official, in my opinion. No, of course, there's you know, runner. Uh, you know, like they got a replay if a runner was safe or you know, runner was tied. Th th those things, you know, th those things are still you know, kind of iffy at times, of course. And uh, the the whole the whole review process in Major League Baseball is is just iffy as as a whole. Um, but balls and strikes, man, that's that's like the biggest part of the game. Of course, you're gonna have you know, a controversial controversial call at first or whether it be a, a tad up at second, a tad at home. Uh, you know, those are going to come throughout the game. But balls and strikes, that's the most consistent part of the game. And if 17 calls aren't consistent in a game, what's going what's gonna to be the, the time where the MLB is just like, you know what, like this, this is just too much, especially if 15 of them are going against one team. You know, it, it's just pure ridiculousness. But, I mean... What are you going to do? That's uh, basically how the Padres lost, uh, how they were um, not able to take advantage of a 2-0 uh, series lead, and they left Miami uh, with a series split 2-2. Um, two two. And uh, this uh, led to an off day on Monday, uh, and this is where we saw a lot of trade rumors start uh, to pick up, as, of course, the trade deadline is now tomorrow at uh, 1 p.m., but this Monday, um, definitely saw uh, where the Padres started to uh, pick up some of these uh, conversations. And that's led uh, to the Padres acquiring second baseman slash outfielder slash uh, utility player Adam Frazier from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the, a guy who leads baseball and hits this year. Uh, not a free agent until next year in the 22 uh, offseason. Um, of course, easily one of the best bats um, on the trade market, averaging uh, 327 on the season, which is the second-best average uh, in Major League Baseball. Uh, not too much of a power hitter with only four home runs. Uh, does have 32 RBIs, though, but just knows how to get on base. Uh, 2020 Gold Glove finalist uh, and an all-star this season um, as the Padres now have the two second basemen. Um, I think there might have been another second baseman, like one other one on the all on the NL, but... I mean, the two best second basemen in Jake Cronenworth and Adam Frazier in the NL. Uh, he was the uh, Pirates' second longest tenured player uh, before getting traded. So, uh, you know, he um, when asked about uh, how he felt about, you know, these trade rumors and uh, where he might potentially go. 
Uh, he said, in quote, it's pretty cool to be recognized like that and have teams want you. It means a lot. It tells you you're playing well, but I still have to worry about playing baseball. Um, and then when the uh, deal finally went through and he was able to speak publicly on the Padres and, and on the deal, uh, he said, in quote, I think the Padres are the most exciting team to watch in baseball. The whole country has taken notice of that, and it's been really fun to watch. Um, so definitely a nice addition to this infield that, I mean, how could you already get it any better? Of course, Air Cosmer has struggled. Air Cosmer is a, excuse me, is the, you know, kind of the player that the Padres are, are looking to move at the moment uh, when it comes to trade tots uh, before this Friday deadline. Um, a player that has a rough contract to negotiate, but a guy that they're trying to move and get rid of uh, in order to free some space up and in order to, uh, you know, bring on some other additional players. But, uh, you know, the Padres adding Adam Frazier, a guy, like I said, an all-star utility guy hitting 327, um, you know, now uh, able to, you know, move Jake Cronenworth to first possibly and put Adam Frazier at second with Tatis and Machado on the left side of the infield already. Um, you know, now have two of the middle infielding the two starters from in the middle infielders uh from the all-star game as well as manny machado who is you know arguably the best third baseman in baseball got snubbed should have been an uh you know should have been a starter for the all-star game if if we're going based on pure raw skill talent uh and then we have jake cronenworth the guy who is continuing to prove himself as a player time and time again um, you know, moving him to first, what, what an infield that, that can be, uh, what a potential, um, you know, just overall team that this can be now with Adam Frazier available. I mean, you know, on any given day, um, it, it's just awesome. And to give up only three young guys who were, you know, not really that close to making a potential in the big leads, maybe two, three years, of course, uh, Tukapita, uh, Marcano, probably the, you know, probably the biggest loss in this trade as he did make his MLB debut this year, has played, uh, I want to say close to 15 games maybe with the Padres, but definitely in a bench role, not not anything crazy. Uh, outfielder Jake Sw uh, Swinzinski and um, what's it called? The other guy... Um, and then, uh, what's it called? Who's the other? Oh, yeah. Michelle Milano, also the third player in this trade. So, uh, right-handed pitcher uh, who has uh, shut out 59 and only 30 innings uh, at the Class A level. Uh, Jake uh, Swazinski, or, or Jad Swazinski, OPS in about 950 in AA. So, some, some solid young guys uh, in this trade for Adam Frazier, but three guys that's have not made an impact on the ML, on on the bid lead level and uh, like I said are are still a few years away. Of course they're they're gonna be they're gonna be great for the Pittsburgh Pirates and, and they're still gonna develop into to solid young guys. I, I, I have no doubt about that. But you know when, when you're when you're trying to get talents uh, in a win now situation like the Padres are, uh, you know, giving away those those top uh, guys who are playing well in, in any any one of your uh, minor league teams, uh, it, it's crucial. You know, it's it's crucial uh, in order to get that talent for win now because, uh, as you see, when you build that good farm system, you're able to kind of, uh, you know, cycle talent in, cycle talent out in order to get 
that that other that other talent in that's that's already ready. You know, that's already ready to compete. Like a guy like Adam Frazier, you know, a guy that's leading the MLB in hits, a guy that's batting three twenty. I mean, it, it's just awesome. Uh, definitely uh, another AJ Preller doing what he does best and, and just absolutely finessing uh, the game. Um, Adam Frazier uh, and uh, Joe Musgrove also able to reunite uh, guys who played together in Pittsburgh. Joe Musgrove said that if he could have brought one player over uh, when he got traded to the Padres, um, it would have been Adam. Um, as he said that he actually stayed at his guest house the night that the trade was made official and they were able to hang out, talk some Padres, reunite with his longtime friend and, and really uh, just get him acclimated. So, uh, you know, definitely always nice to have a familiar face in the clubhouse. And, um, you know, especially when it's a guy like Joe Musgrove, who's already, I mean, already a hometown hero, already a guy who's made an instant impact on this Padres team and, uh, definitely, I'm sure, knows the ropes when it comes to San Diego as a whole, when it comes to uh, just the ball uh, just the ball club and uh, working his way around the uh, clubhouse. You know, it, it's, good, it's good to see for Adam Frazier that he does have a guy like that, one of his best friends in Pittsburgh, and uh, it just makes me excited to see what this ball team can be once that chemistry goes beyond just one guy uh, in the locker room. But, of course, with Adam Frazier's first game as a Padre, the Padres started all four of their All-Stars in the top of their lineup with Adam Frazier leading off, Fernando Tatis batting second, Manny Machado batting third, and Drake Cronenworth batting fourth. Um, I mean, actually flipped Cronenworth and Machado. Uh, as they started a Tuesday and Wednesday two-game series against the Athletics on, on Tuesday and at uh, Petco, and it was not looking hot at first as uh, the, uh, what's it called? The Oakland A's were able to score three in the uh, top of the third. Um, you know, this this uh, came off of a sacrifice fly that honestly could have been a home run. I, I honestly thought Olsen, Matt Olsen got all of this, especially when Matt Olsen's at the plate. I was like, oh shit, this one's going out. But held him to a sacrifice fly, um, you know, an RBI single by Lowry and an RBI double by Murphy put it 3-0. Uh, but the Padres able to uh, strike back right away in the bottom of the third as Tatis hit an absolute moonshot as they're, they tracked it at 440. But, I mean, this hit the damn scoreboard. This, this is more 480, 490 uh, for Tatis as he was able to drive home Adam Frazier in his first run in a Padres uniform. In style, very easily with a 440 quote unquote foot home run, um, and this this pushed the game to three to two, um, or and then after this, uh, the Padres were able to score five runs in the uh, fifth inning um, off a Cronenworth RBI single, off a Manny Machado three run bomb that brought Tatis and Cronenworth home, and this this pushed the game um, to seven three. And then, uh, you know, the, the Oakland A's were able to uh, have a solo shot from Murphy uh, in the eighth inning. But ultimately, the Padres able to take the dub 7-4 to four, uh, behind, uh, like I said, Fernando Tatis' two-run home run and Manny Machado's three-run home run. Uh, two hits for Adam Frazier in his first game as a Padres. Uh, six innings, three earns for Chris Paddock. Um, what's it called? Six strikeouts as well. So, so not... Not the worst, but I mean, still nine hits in this one. 
but able to limit the damage, able to still give the offense a chance to win that at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, bullpen did its job. Uh, Mark Melanson able uh, to get able to get his 32nd save. Is that 32nd? Yeah. So, I mean, not, much, not too much to complain about. Padres able to fight back in this first game, able to, uh, you know, take – Tape the first one of this two-game series. Uh, you know, Petco absolutely going insane. Pat House on a Tuesday night against an AL team. Uh, definitely, definitely good times uh, when it comes to where we're at with Padres baseball. Uh, Fernando Tatis' home run is eighth 440-foot home run of the season, uh, which actually broke a tie with Shohei when it happened. And then literally 20 minutes later, Shohei able to uh, retie that and hit his eighth 440-foot home run as he hit number 36 on the season for him. Uh, but Fernando Tatis, 70th career home run, 50 stolen bases, the only player since at least 1901 with 70 home runs and 50 stolen bases in his first 227 games. Uh, the only other player to do that in a 227-game span, Barry Bonds. So, Fernando Tatis continuing to make history, continuing to solidify his name with the greats and simply just continue to, I mean, impress everybody uh, with everything that man seems to do on a day, uh, night in, night out basis. Uh, after the game, um, of course, asked about Eric Hosmer, asked about uh, the potential of, you know, this ball, ball club without, um, you know, even... Uh, you know, without without possibly having their first baseman, without possibly having that, that guy in the locker room. But uh, he had the right response as he was the first veteran to take care of me when I grew up in the big leads. I still look up to him. Um, of course, it would be tough. Um, I mean, not, not really much else you can say to that. Not really much else you can chime in and add to, you know, the potential of, of a guy who, you know, m might be struggling right now, might have a tough contract, but... You know, uh, he does have a voice in the locker room at the end of the day. And, and a lot of these dudes I know, like Tatis and um, some of the younger fools, um, definitely were able to, to have a more um, enjoyable experience uh, when, when getting called up or when playing their first lead, uh, lead games because of guys like Haas, because of guys like Manny Machado. You know, you, you got to have those guys in the locker room. Um, so it, I'm sure it'll, it'll be tough if Haas does end up going, but... Uh, Tatis with the right things to say, with with a great, great game, great words after the game. Sat literally with his, uh, with his legs crossed during the press conference, which I don't know the last time somebody said that, but uh, I mean, how can you how can you stop this man? That's that's just fats. But like I said, Padres able to take game one of the A series, uh, and the same night, Dodgers and Giants started their own series, uh, which saw a crazy ending. As in the bottom of the eighth inning, game one to one, uh, the San Francisco Giants uh, able to score off a Cody Bellinger error. As the man uh, caught the, got the ball at first, was looking to throw to third to possibly get somebody out, and this ball just completely sailed over the head, um, the the head of the third baseman. As uh, the Giants able to score, able to take the first game two to one. Um, you know, still solidify uh, whatever their lead is, uh, what, whatever their lead was going into that game. Uh, the Dodgers, I believe, were st like still two and a half games back after this one. 
Um, that was the third consecutive game that the Giants were able to come back and win over the Dodgers. Um, and that's the first time that's happened since 2013. Um, as they now have 63 wins uh, on this season, and that's the most before the end of July for them since 2003. So, I mean, how, how, how? I, I, I just don't know. I, I mean, their third best start since 1958, continuing to cruise to victories, continuing to uh, show up when it matters. Um, and, I mean, how, how can you hate? It's, it's, uh, it's tough. They're, they're a good ball club. Uh, they, they're continuing to play good baseball. Uh, they're continuing to beat the teams that matter too. You know, they're 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 showing up for these Dodger games. They're showing up for you know these these games. But we'll see if they're able to keep it up. If they're able to keep that up through some of these other tough um, you know AL teams that they haven't quite faced yet. Uh, you know when when they have to play uh, you know certain amount of games in a row, just like the Padres did at the first half of this season. We'll we'll see if if that fatigue gets to them. If they're able to maintain it, but as of right now, the Giants continue to stay in first after this game, and that moved to the games last night, uh, Wednesday. Of course, this is the second game and the final game of this two-game series against the Padres and A's. Uh, so it was a 1-10 game, and it there. I mean, there was not much, not much that uh, went on in terms of the Padres' offense, but in terms of the A's' offense, there was plenty as Blake Snell continued to struggle in this one. Um, you know, the, the A's had one hit after the top of the first, but they had four runs as uh, Chapman was able to hit a three-run bomb uh, after the A's already scored one one run. They uh, piled this on with one run in the second, two runs in the fourth, and seven run. I mean, in three runs in the seventh uh, to make it a 10-score game, and the Padres only able to put four on the board, three coming in the ninth inning, um, but I mean, still just too late was not given the opportunity to be in this game. Uh, and, I mean, it was just tough. You know, it's it's tough when, you know, how are you supposed to – you really think the effort – of course, you know what I mean? Like, the Padres have had some crazy come-from-behind wins uh, this year. And whenever they're playing, there's always a possibility uh, for a dub. There always is. But, you know, you can't tell me that, that the stress or the – maybe the, you know – the, the lack or the sense of urgency is definitely there right away when you're already down 4 nothing after the top of the first. And uh, then you go out there, you know, you, you try to do something, but you're not able to. Then you go back out there, and now it's 5 nothing after the top of the second. And then it's 7 nothing after the top of the fourth. It's it's like, you know, we still have plenty of baseball to play, but it's it's 7 nothing already. You know what I mean? It's didn't even give us a chance to get our offense going. And it was just one of those days where, you know, the Padres simply fell into, uh, you know, that trap, uh, and it, it was tough to get out of it. As uh, for the 47th time in the 104 games that the Padres have now played on this season, uh, their starter was not able to go at least five innings. Uh, Blade Snell only able to go four, give up seven runs. Uh, the, there's only one other team, uh, and that's the Baltimore Orioles, who have uh, fewer starts of five innings plus. Uh, Blade Snell after the game. Uh, very, very, very honest about his performance, uh, which I appreciated and I liked, but still uh, definitely could sense that sense of urgency in him. As he said, quote, honestly, you got to think if I keep pitching this way, the chance we make the playoffs, they're not going to be there. And I don't want to go home. I can tell you that much. The last thing I want to do is go home. So I feel this. I'm aware of it. And I know I need to start owning the zone, getting deep into the games, letting the bullpen rest instead of covering f four or five innings every time I pitch. 
Um, and I mean, this comes after he's only completed six innings just three times in his 19 starts this season. Uh, I mean, has strung together, uh, you know, five inning starts. Uh, what's it called? Just a few times on top of that. Um, and then from April 18th to May 1st, uh, you know, he was, he, he had a, he had a good, he had a good stretch, uh, only allowing four runs in 15 and a third, um, over the bat. And that was even in, in, uh, you know, series that included bat to bat starts against the Dodgers, his third outing against the Giants. Uh, but then, um, you know, then he bounces back from May 1st and, and goes on a little bit of slump again. And then, uh, he then, you know, in his last start teased another, possible resurgence a possible you know getting it going when he was able to strike out eight people in six innings only gave up one in miami uh got his first road win kind of you know that was his first game that he really actually played well on the road which is you know era is an 8.02 now it was a 10.9 going into that game so i felt like that was a positive but i mean after this performance, who knows? You know, it's definitely his commands. Definitely been the, you know, the biggest issue that has, uh, you know, kind of prohibit him, prohibited him from doing much uh, on this season as he now has his uh, career worst 5.87 watts per nine uh, this season. That's the third worst in the majors among pitchers that at least have 50 innings pitched. Uh, I mean... It, it, it's just been a walk machine. Walked the Wednesday's leadoff hitter. Uh, and then there was two more free passes that were given out in the first. That led to a sacrifice fly. And then those two run, those two runners that were walked, still on base. And then Matt Chapman hits a three-run home run. And like I said, four runs in that first inning on one hit. And that's because Blake Snell, that, that free pass man, is just being utilized like crazy this year. It's, it's just been... It's just been ridiculous. It's it's been pretty, um, you know, frustrating when it comes to Blake Snell and his performance, his inconsistent performance. But you got to keep following him. I, I believe in Blake. I really, really do. I think he's a great pitcher. I, I think, you know, it. I don't know what it is at this point, but I, I hope he gets out of it. Um, I I hope you know he knows that he still has plenty of people supporting him. Um, you know, there's going to be every, you know, there's going to be those guys that talk shit. There's going to be those guys that are very critical of the game, but that's just how it comes nowadays with social media, with, you know, the way, uh, it is and how easy it is to put your opinion out there online. Even if it's crude, even if it's, you know, very, you know, disrespectful to, you know, not only his game, but other things, you know, people say some really, really nasty shit, but at the end of the day, uh, you got to do what you got to do, and you got to pitch the ball well. Um, so Blake Snell and I able to uh, get it done um, in this second game against the A's. But uh, tonight the Padres able to start a four-game series uh, with the with the uh, Colorado Rockies, able to hopefully uh, take at least three, um, get some revenge from uh, you know the the uh, game. Let's uh, call the series that uh, happened before the All Star break, where the Rockies were able to. Really come into Petco and do whatever the fuck they wanted. So uh, that game starts at 7-10 tonight. I'll be at the game Saturday, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, but in terms of the Giants, uh, the Giants-Dodgers series, the Dodgers were actually able to take the game yesterday 8 nothing uh, behind Walker Buehler and his uh, dominant performance, 11-1 and on the year now. Uh, you know, simply 
Uh, just pitched the lights out. Seven innings, only gave up three hits, eight strikeouts, only two watts as well. Uh, just just the <coughs> pure dominance from, from Walker in this one as it was all Dodgers. They, they were able to really bounce back. I, I got to give it to them. Uh, able to bounce back from, you know, kind of the, the shitty ending to uh, game one. Cody Bellinger just just let the ball get away from him, and uh, you know the Giants able to take advantage of that, but the Dodgers really able to uh, not allow any of this outside noise to uh, be brought in for Game Two. Able to handle the Giants, win eight nothing, go into a uh, day game in ga- Game Three, which is currently going on right now, uh, which sees the Giants actually leading five nothing in the bottom of the eighth, uh, two outs currently. Um, a game. That has seen uh, the Giants score two runs in the first, one in the second, one in the fourth, one in the seventh. But the Dodgers not not able to get anything going. It looks like in this one, I haven't really been. I've I've just been. I've had it on while I've been doing my podcast right now. But I mean, as a team, only four hits, uh, two of them coming from AJ Pollock. But looks like there has not been much uh, base. Uh, not been much that there has not been much base traction. Uh, only you know four hits, two watts. Uh, not, not anybody uh, you know with any any RBIs, anything. You know it's 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 been a tough outing um, for uh, the Dodgers, but you know we'll see. Maybe you know you never know what this uh, LA Magic has. Uh, David Price able to get the start in this one. He went four and a third, gave up four hits, three runs, three watts, two strikeouts, and it's it's been a uh, it's been a bullpen day since then as the Dodgers. Uh, you know, trying to unload a little bit in this third game, try to trying to take the series, but the Giants looking in uh, prime position to take Game Three as they they just need three outs uh, with a five run lead, a five lead run cushion to really uh, push this uh, from happening uh, and prevent the Dodgers from winning another series against them. But uh, moving on, of course, into some MLB trade deadline news. Like I said. The trade deadline is ending tomorrow at 1 p.m. And the biggest, one of the biggest names for at least the Padres uh, has uh, been with the uh, you know right fielder, first base, Joey Gallo, as uh, the main front runners for Joey Gallo were the Blue Jays, the Yankees, and the Padres. Uh, Gallo, 24 home runs this season. Um, you know, just uh, just participated in the home run derby. Uh, just was named to the All Star team. Um, so definitely a, another, like I said, like an Adam Frazier, a, one of the best bats on the market, uh, and something that, uh, you know, could, could utilize, could be utilized in multiple places. And unfortunately, uh, the Yankees were able to strike a deal with the Rangers, able to be, uh, to secure Joey Gallo, uh, the Padres, uh, uh, sources said that the Padres and, uh, the Rangers, uh, kind of had a deal um, that was dying uh, due to the fact that they were, um, you know, they it was it was over how much they were willing to send to the Rangers as the Rangers did have money to spend and the Padres did have money to spend, but uh, you know the both sides did value Eric Hosmer a little differently, uh, and the Padres realized if if they're gonna you know send quite a bit of uh, cash to the Rangers for Eric Hosmer to help cover his contracts. Uh, they weren't going to just lose him and his supposed value to the team uh, while also, you know, paying this other team to basically take them for him. You know, if we're going to pay this team a certain amount of money, um, why don't we just 
have him play for us and give him the money ourselves instead of having to work about that. So that was unfortunate, you know, especially because we're trying to work around Eric Cosmer's uh, contract and, you know, see what uh, might be best for the club. Um, of course, this contract is just hell. You know, this contract is really tough to work with when it comes to trades. Uh, and that's why, you know, the Padres, uh, you know, as much money as uh, they're willing to give up, is it is it worth giving up all that money and instead just having the man on the ball club? Is, is it really that much of a pressing issue? But, uh, you know, the Padres did lose out on Joey Gallo, but still working on acquiring a starting pitcher. Um, Adam Frazier was definitely not the only move that this uh, ball club wanted to, to make as uh, Matt Schwerzer. Jose Barrios, uh, John Gray, Ian Kennedy, uh, definitely among the guys that were, you know, uh, in the midst for, you know, what the Padres uh, were looking for. Um, and then earlier today, Padres close to acquiring Matt Scherzer was broke throughout all sports, out, out about throughout all media outlets. Uh, currently, right now, there has been no update on this situation. Matt Scherzer did make a start today. Um, which uh, he went six innings, three hits, only gave up one one earned run, did walk three, but shook out five. Uh, when he came off the field, he, you know, shut the hands of his teammates. He uh, hugged a bunch of people. Would that be the last time we'll see Matt Scherzer in a Nationals uniform? We'll see. But uh, sources are indicating the Padres and Nationals are very close to a deal, but uh, nothing has been uh, confirmed at the moment. And there are still plenty of other teams who are in that midst, uh, including the Dodgers, including the Giants, some other, uh, you know, teams that need a big name pitcher uh, because of the depth of, of their current teams and because of the push they're trying to make for this NL West crown and, and the eventual uh, World Series. But Matt Scherzer, definitely a guy that would fit right in, uh, would definitely, uh, I mean, his his, uh, his tenure with the Nationals speed for itself, 2.80 ERA. 188 games started, 91 wins, 1,200 inning pitches, 1,600 strikeouts, a .93 whip, 11 strikeouts per nine, a batting average of 199 against everybody, uh, two Cy Youngs, two no-hitters, 20, a 20 strikeout game, and of course, the biggest crown of all, a World Series win, a World Series rank. So, I mean, definitely somebody that would be great uh, as an addition to this to this locker room, and hopefully this deal goes through soon as there has been rumors all day, discussions regarding it. But uh, the Dodgers able to acquire uh, Danny Duffy from the, uh, what's it called, the Kansas City Royals, and this has happened after uh, all the rumors about Matt Scherzer to uh, the Padres happened. So does that mean the Dodgers are out of this run? Does that mean the Nationals and Padres are still just working on the final details? But, I mean... Dodgers still still trying to get some uh, help in that bullpen. Still trying to get some. They're still trying to get additional starters. As of course, uh, you know, Clayton Kershaw is uh, now on the IL. You got Julio Arias going up and down throughout the season. Walker Buehler has been fantastic, but then uh, on top of that, the cherry on top really. Uh, Trevor Bauer still not able to uh, participate in anything uh, team related. Uh, still on his administrative leave uh, for uh, the, you know, the reports of him uh, supposedly, um, you know, abusing and uh, sexually and domestically violating um, a woman. Um, these reports are still being analyzed by the police. 
these reports are still, uh, you know, being analyzed by the MLB to, uh, you know, really see what his punishment will be, really see if he's going to have jail time, if, you know, if, if that's the case. But his administrative leave continues to get, put, to, continues to get pushed forward um, as the uh, date that it ends at the moment is August 6th. But I would not be surprised if, if there still is more. If they still uh, decide to put him on a leave, of course he's still getting paid, but he's not allowed to participate in anything team-related as it is kind of like a suspension, but it's it's like a paid suspension, really. It's it's really just like, you know what, we're, we're investigating you, and, uh, you know, it probably just wouldn't be best if you pitched right now, but you're still going to get paid. So, I mean, Trevor Bauer being the highest-paid player in the league, still making bank off, literally being investigated, but we'll see if, if uh, you know, the man ends up, you know, having to, uh, you know, have his career ended because of this or if he's able to even pitch this season, next season ever again. Uh, but, but we'll see. Uh, but in in, uh, in terms of the rest of this podcast, I, that's all I got for today. Uh, I hope you guys all had a great Thursday, had a great time chatting baseball with me. If you have any questions or comments about the episode, please message me. Please let me know. Always interested to see what you guys uh, think about my tates and how you think uh, different things are being perceived and uh what you think is going to happen at the end of this trade deadline at the end of uh you know the potential the last potential uh time for the Padres to bolster and the rest of the teams uh around the league to bolster their roster in order to make this last push at a potential division title potential um you know playoff run uh but we'll see uh, that's it's been real though. I hope you guys all had a great time today. I know I did, uh, and I'll see you all very soon. Thank you for tuning in, and as always, this has been Gino Spirito. Thank you so much.